Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Ashutosh Munot. And myself Dhruv Gupta and you are listening to Latin V Pratan episode number 8. Today we are lucky to have one of the finest and craziest service now developer, <laughs> Jace Benson. How are you, Jace? I'm great. It's uh, it's early here, but I'm glad to, to share this time with you folks. Pleasure is all ours, man. So, Jay's first question, how do you manage your time as in you are always available for the help, whether it's on Discord or Slack, community, everywhere. How do you manage, man? I I mean, I just try to get done what I can get done every day. I take a lot of notes and I get back to what I can when I have the chance to. So, I, I I don't really have a good... I don't really have a good answer for that. I've been... I've been finding that if I write stuff down as I do them, it really helps me keep track of what I'm going to do. And if I prep my day ahead of time on paper, it helps me out of time. Which I hate because I don't want to have to deal with writing stuff on paper. I wish my brain worked with it on like the phone or the computer. But it's like, no, no, brain, you don't like that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I, I don't... If I, if I use pen and paper to write it down as I go, I'm, I'm way more productive, so... Yeah, but I I was reading through the Slack channel and I replied to Jason in a God mode, and you said I have one God mo- good mode and thousands bad one, so uh, not bad one but thousands other one because Phil replied saying okay your one replies ten x normal replies. <laughs> Tell us something about that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of messages I write that I don't send. <laughs> just like hmm. just this like, is not a really smart idea for this and this and this reason and somebody else replied you can do it that way I'm delete I'm not going to be the one to write this so it's like it. it's like we create videos and we don't publish them right <laughs> nice so just uh, for our audience uh, and for me as well, I want to meet the Jace as a kid. Take me back to your childhood days. Oh man, well, when I was a kid, I grew up on a, a hobby farm. We had chickens and pigs and horses and pony. And I didn't do any of the work and I hated doing the work, but it was nice, it was calm. We had three gardens. I'd go outside and pick mulberries out of a mulberry tree. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad drove bus. I rode in with them to school. I don't know. It was it was good. I had a I had a, a younger sister and an older brother. A really busy household. So, um, what's your uh, kind of craziest memory? I mean, there should be something that you still have in your back mind or something like that. My craziest memory. Like, what do you mean? Like, like just in general. In general, like, uh. I have one memory of beating my brother. We have a fight and he had a scar <laughs> on his head. So that kind of thing. Or maybe something else like Andrew had that treehouse thing. I listened to his episode. I don't remember that's that part of it though. But as I, got, a kid. I was I was driving. Yeah, I'm just trying to think here as a kid. Oh, I'll tell you guys one. Um, 
So as a kid, like I said, I lived on a hobby farm. So all of my neighbors were spaced out quite a bit. And there was this boy who lived a couple houses down from me. Mm-hmm. I'd go over to his house and we'd ride our, our bikes together, you know, our bicycles. And his dad was having some work done to their plumbing to this pond. So I don't know why they had it. But they, had this, they had this trench dug out. And so they had this like natural jumping point for the bikes. And so me and him and his sister were all going down this super big hill to jump off this thing. And when I was midair on one of the jumps, the fork of the bike fell out from the handlebars. (laughs) Time like stopped, but it was, I mean, it hurt when I landed, but man, I just, I just remember like time, like stopping while I was in the air because my handlebars were above me and my bicycle tire was below me. And like, yeah, Captain America. That, that's a. I mean, it was something. It, it it hurt, but it was. I would do it again. If I could, you know, not have the bike fall apart on me, I mean, that'd be better. But that was a long time ago. Okay, great. But so, how do you prefer to spend your time when you are not dealing with service now? Um, I like to play games with my kids. Sometimes they're really big in the Roblox. Not a fan of that, but Minecraft is a it's a good pastime I spend with um, my kids on. And then um, I, I play video games. So Factorio is a big time sink that I spend time on. Factorio is a game of systems. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't get enough that that at work, <laughs> install that at home. You'll get more. Great man, great. That- what it will take us to become a geek like Jace Benson? I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm always trying to like learn something or figure out how to make something better. I'm always trying to like on my off time learn something I think I should know. I don't have the same education as uh, as a lot of my peers because I don't have the full college bit, but. Uh, but that drives me to learn those things that I think I should know because I'm like I'm, I always feel like I'm trying to catch up. I mean, so like I'm really big in like those static state generators because I think they're awesome, and I started learning GraphQL and Postgres and all these other things because ServiceNow is using them in places. But I I, I learn by doing so. Like I mean, pick, I picked up Redwood JS to figure out some of those things, and like I'll reapply that to service now when I try those things again. Come on, man, share some secret. How much time do you spend <laughs> learning <laughs> those things? Uh, way too much. <laughs> Over the pandemic, I spent a ton of time. I was um working on a uh, top secret project of my own, but I can't share the specific details for it, but. I probably spent 60 or 80 hours just messing with that stuff off hours, just figuring out how to get it to work the way I want it to work. Oh, another big project coming our way. Nice, nice, nice. I mean, if if I can get it done, I would, I would love to share it. So it would be something that I'd make available for everybody. Are you will do, I know. <laughs> Great. So, have you ever been to India or do you like Indian food or something like that? 
I have never been to India. I want to go sometime. My my kids, when they were younger, they watched this uh, show called Blippi on YouTube, <laughs> and he went to India, and my kids thought it was cool. That was the first time I ever saw a tuk-tuk. <laughs> I thought, man, those things look dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, eh, if everybody's riding them, they can't be that bad. Yeah. I, I think it looks really cool. I think some of the stuff looks awesome. My um, I have coworkers that are in India, and my boss's boss would go there every year pre-pandemic for um, like to do different team stuff. And so he would like express like how it works. Like you know, you cross the street, everybody's honking their horn, let everybody else know that they're there. It's just different, right? The whole way of stuff. <laughs> Everything is spicier, right? But did you try the Indian food in U.S. at least? Uh, so, I'm afraid of Thai. Thai does something to me I don't like. I know that's not Indian food. Um, I, I do have a coworker, Tausa, who's brought stuff to the company barbecue, again, pre-pandemic. And he made it, like, super not spicy. And I remember my coworkers being like, oh, man, that is, that is just too spicy. And he was telling somebody, yeah, we took everything out of it. Like, it's literally no spice. And so, no, I, I haven't had real Indian food. I'm just going to, like, in Minnesota, we make everything bland. It's it's not covered in cheese. And it's not made of potatoes. You're probably not going to get it here. <laughs> Great. But you didn't went to India, but which is your favorite destination for holidays? It's only in U.S. Have you been able to Europe? What's my favorite place to go vacation that I have been? Yeah. Well, in the U.S., if I was going to vacation somewhere, I'd probably go back to Washington State. Um, but if I went south of the U.S., it'd be in Mexico, no doubt. Nice. I got I married in T Tulum, Mexico, and um, it's so beautiful up there. Great. And what about Europe? Have you been to Europe? I have not been to Europe. I've only been to Canada, um, where I live. I live in Minnesota and in, uh, in America here, and then I've visited Mexico. Other than that, I've never, never left this part of the world yet. <laughs> but I'd love to go visit different places like Australia or New Zealand, India, South Korea. Yep. Um, so, looking at that, uh, tell us some happiest moment about your life. Uh, you, you not as a kid, but uh, the whole life when you were sure. the most happiest person. Um, well, when I when I was getting married, we had done some uh, inland things. There was this. Uh, event you could sign up for at the resort we were at. We go swimming in the, the cenotes, I think is how you pronounce them. It's like the water was so crisp and clear and I was there with my with my wife and her family and some of my family. And it was just it was just so great. I was so happy. I mean I'm still happy. But like that was like the pinnacle of like the happiness, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, at the time I was consulting for fruition partners, so it's making good money working remotely from home. And back then I liked it. Great. Nice, nice, nice. So how service now came into your life? When I first started working in the IT department, I worked on a help desk and um, they use a system called touch paper. They were looking to upgrade their change process from just email to using some system to track it. And then ServiceNow came as a picture. This is back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, they had people lined up to do the work for incident and for change to convert those processes over there, but nobody was set up to work on like the catalog because that wasn't a thing that people worked on. But Hours ran out, and I had volunteered to help, and so I got thrown in the deep end, and I learned service catalog way back when, and that's that's how it all started. So I went deep in the service catalog, and never looked back. Awesome. Um, we know about JS dot Pro, so whenever we want to search something, we always go there. We search for the content. But we would like to know what you will like to change on your site, js.pro. One thing which you would like to improve on the site. I got I got so many things that I want to change. I would like it so that I paginated the results and I had a good search on it again. But I would like that also to be like super simple and low key to load. For me, I'm always like looking for something I wrote in the past. Like, how do I make Variables dependent on each other, right? Just simple stuff like that. Adding like better search terms to the posts I've written myself. That kind of stuff is the the kinds of things that I want to get back to on that, but I just don't have time. So I write it down and then I forget it. How did you um, get the I... idea about this JS.pro? Sure. Um, I don't remember where I first saw it, but at some point, somebody got in my head that if you're posting your stuff on somebody else's domain, you're really not, you really don't own that. They can take it down for any reason, they can get rid of it. And so after I really realized that, I started really becoming aware of like where I post stuff. And instead of giving that stuff away, I thought, well, you know what? I can make it my own. And then I know it's never gonna go away not going to be like deleted by an admin um i mean you still if you write something that they don't agree with you might get a cease and desist mm-hmm. but um no that's that's why i started making my own stuff um also then it forced me to like have better understanding of like how to style a site i'm still not good with my css in my opinion but like just even getting that stuff so it looks somewhat decent, in my opinion, is any type of uh, it's like it's an exercise, you know. You're working that that part of your skill set. Exactly, and you never know Out about of- the tool set. What's yeah. that? True. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about your point, like making your work your own. That is very important in all contexts because you, as you mentioned, you never know that. If you're putting it on some uh, one site like maybe it's 
you can consider service now community but admin have the right that they can delete right also you don't have visibility on like how popular your posts are like you might be able to see like oh it's got you know a thousand views right but over for how long you know you can't track that with anything that you have like you have to you have google analytics or some other type of logging on that site like i mine's all on netlify and i pay like the nine dollars a month for the for like the, the logging on it where it shows me like basic how many page views it has from what country it doesn't show me anything more than that but it gives me an idea of like how what pages are very popular and what pages aren't <laughs> But do you know, out of uh, curiosity, how many posts you have put on your page or even or even on your site? I know it's. I want to say it's over a hundred. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to count them. I can. I can tell you if, I'm, if you want to look it up. <laughs> I can just do a count on the folders in the directory. <laughs> no, we we asked the same question to Chuck. How many Tech Now episodes did you do? <laughs> Check now. I know that that's he's gonna be doing eighty-eight, right? With the with the next with Quebec. That's that's why I tell everyone, Jace is a geek. He knows everything. I don't know everything. I just know what I remember, which isn't much, unless I write it down, and then I can forget it and look it up later. So, Jace, what's your dream? Like my my overall dream. Yeah, overall dream or plan, short term goals, long term goals, whatever. I would I would like to make something that I could just sell, and I wouldn't have to worry about money ever again. And then I could just work very whimsically for whomever I want to work for. Like, oh, I'll service not work for this company for whatever, and it doesn't really matter. It'd be a hobby of them instead of being required for me like to make money. Or maybe I'd go more into like open source and like statics of generators or like Redwood JS or whatever. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, you never thought of putting a service no based company? I don't want. I'm not good at managing people. When I was a kid, I worked at a Dairy Queen. It's a ice cream shop here in the states and um my my stepmom my stepmom owned the that like franchise of it and i was made manager and one of the things that became very apparent to me was i just did not trust anybody to do their work and that's not a good thing to do but that's what i do whenever i'm in charge of other people because i don't trust that they'll do the same work that i would do it happened again when I was at fruition. I was put in charge of another person, and like I just, I should trust people that do work, but I just don't. So I much rather would not ever have to manage anybody. So owning, running a company, unless it was just me, I think would be a very terrible experience for anybody I work with. But maybe if you uh, don't have to manage, like if you put a company get some project do some freelancing then hire the managers to manage and you <laughs> follow your dream yeah i mean maybe maybe I, I haven't explored it because i just don't think it's a i don't think it's a viable option 
I mean, it might be, but that would require me to, like, really confront those things and try to change. <laughs> and the, the two times in my life where it's come off, it's always been a pretty terrible experience for, if not me, the other persons. Okay. So, how is the job market in the U.S.? I mean, specific to service now. I mean, I don't do the hiring or firing where I work. Um, I know that there's people that reach out to me. I got a couple things on LinkedIn, but that's, you know, LinkedIn marketing. That's mm-hmm. just always be in the, but how on demand it is, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, it's going to depend, I, I guess, based on like the specifics now, because you can't know everything anymore. You're, you're either going to be a generalist or you're going to be somebody who knows some products very deep and I mean, there's pros and cons of both those things. So, I guess I'm just not sure how how in demand it is relative to other stuff. I mean, the demand in general, like there's many companies are hiring ServiceNow developers, or because major chunk of projects that ServiceNow owns is coming from either from US or from some part of Europe. I mean, a lot of that's going to come down to, like, the parts in the U.S. that employ folks to run those projects. Like, in Washington State, there'll be a lot more demand than there would be in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more tech companies in Washington State than there are in Minnesota. But, I mean, there's plenty of jobs to work on ServiceNow at different levels everywhere in the country, right? Even if you're not an admin, right, just working on the product, you can easily get in, in my opinion, you can easily get into the admin type roles with the CSA certification and other stuff. As much as I think the CSA certification doesn't tell you anything about a person. Yeah, exams and certs are <laughs> crazy stuff. I mean, it, they're just different ways to try to measure people's ability to do it, right? Mm-hmm. No, Definitely. I, I completely agree. Like, they're required for partners to keep certain levels, but for individuals, um, they're either a way that a company will cut you from their list of possible employees, hmm. or they're something that, like, validates to yourself that you are able to do a thing. Like, in my opinion, that's no different than, like, running a project where you did all the work. As long as you can show the work. At least with a project, you have, like, a finished thing to show on. Right? But the problem with that is anybody who works on that project with you can argue that they did more work than you or whatever. The, I mean, there's there's so many different ways to, to run that. Yeah, I agree totally. Uh, going to the next question, what do you prefer to work uh, for a partner or a client or service now itself? I thought about this a lot when I was younger. When I first... Um, when I first started working with the ServiceNow tool, uh, two or three years in, I applied to work at ServiceNow. And um, I never got called back for an interview. And I really thought about like what I would want to do. Um, and the more I thought about it after I got a job at Fruition Partners, the more I thought, you know what, I don't think I want to do sales. And as much as you might be a developer or ServiceNow headquarters, like you're still selling the product by 
selling its features and selling those individual bits. And that's got to be really complicated for those folks because they can't really speak like to the specifics that some customers have. Mm -hmm. Whereas a consultant, you have the same kinds of problems. I remember when I worked at Fruition, um, before I, right before I left, they started getting briefs from ServiceNow about some different licensing models that we had to be aware of to make sure we weren't incurring more costs on our customers. And it's just really complicated. I mean, in my opinion, it all comes back to like the way ServiceNow advertises their licensing for their tool. And it just, it's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get behind that, right? Where they don't share any of their licensing deals. They're like, yep, we if you want to buy this product, you got to check with your rep and check with your rep, and then they got to check with your contract. And you know, it's it's a question that has to happen for everything that you want to work on that may have an extra cost. Exactly. We all face that problem. <laughs> licensing. Yeah. Now. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it doesn't bother me, but every time I want to use something or I want to see a new feature, I mean, like the Quebec, uh, the Quebec stuff that just came out, right? Like all of the features that came out, do we know which ones are included with which SKUs? Probably not. Do we know what they're going to cost if they're not in the current SKU? Probably not. You know, like they're just questions that have to be asked with every release and every product. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, like yesterday's question, I was not sure adding custom fields on incident table, for example, whether it is covered in App Engine or I, I don't know. Right. There's and there's just too many licensing schemes to know what it would cost. Yeah. Right. Some people are restricted on those table counts and those field counts, and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. And. It's it's not uh, it's there's no clear division. There's so many layers in that contract. Like first page of the contract will say you can build table. In the third page, you will see that the you can build table, but with up to this many restrictions. <laughs> this is right. tough. This is tough. Okay. So next one. Uh, I am yet to attend knowledge. Okay, but I'm pretty sure you must have attended a few. Right. You have those images. So motivate me to attend the next one. What do you need to attend the next knowledge? Yeah. Well, you definitely need some way to exchange contact info quickly with folks. Like I, I'm not a big fan of business cards, but at knowledge, it's actually a pretty good idea to have something that you can write on and that you can give out. Business cards fit that bill perfectly. Um good shoes because knowledge is generally a huge event that spans a lot of space so if you're not used to walking make sure you buy shoes a couple weeks ahead of time and you break those things in <laughs> otherwise you'll be you'll be sore the next day um and then being willing to change your plans last minute because something else came up you know some uh some ad hoc talk might come up that you want to check out and just making sure that you take notes at the sessions. You can go and I, I like to do the labs at Knowledge, but that really isn't the best use of your time unless you're going to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Really, the best use of your time is to, to network and talk with other folks working on the same tools. You know, 
Like, how did you guys solve this problem? You might ask a similar customer. Mm -hmm. And then sharing that same kind of information with those folks. But, but knowledge, the way it is, this, you know, online, it's it's just not the same. So hopefully next year we're back in person and you can attend it. That'd be fantastic. You both can attend it. I tell you one yeah. tip, uh, I won't reveal the name of the person, he told me if you want to get the best out of knowledge, just keep a coin for a toss, so that you can decide whether I should go for this or should I go for that. Oh, like flip a coin to figure it out? Yeah, it's <laughs> like there's so much things you can do at knowledge, but use your time wisely and don't be sure shot that I would be going for this. You can shortlist few events, but at the end, you need to be quite flexible. Yeah. When I would go, and there would be multiple of us going from a, a company, like when I worked for Expedia or even FICO, I would always let my coworkers know what classes I'm going to and taking notes at. And they would sometimes change your plans because like, oh, I was going to attend that too, but if you're going to take notes and can retell it, like, I, I'll skip it this time, and I'll go to this event. And that's also, a, in my opinion, a really good strategy. Exactly. Yeah, sharing is caring, right? <laughs> I mean, sharing your schedule with folks, especially if you're going to take, like, notes while stuff is happening. I, I'm a big note taker. If you didn't get that from Pro, I take notes all the time. Yeah. Um, do you follow any sports? Not really. Um, when I moved to Washington, I adopted the Seattle Seahawks uh, for American football. Yeah. Um, and I still would like to see them win every time. And then I'm from Minnesota, so I kind of want the Vikings to win sometimes. But I don't really follow those sports well. I just, if they make the news, I, I follow them. But other than that, I, I don't really follow sports at all. No problem. Okay, so let's play a game. I'll name some of the companies and you need to tell me the first person and the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, all sort. So, first one, Glidefast. Uh, Mike Lombardo. Uh, the first person and the first thing, a uh, mayor of service now is his title. That's the first thing I think of and then the Pish Now app. But there's so many other things that that company has. Fish now, fish bait. Fish bait was like. Oh, fish bait. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was fish now. Eh, you know. That's their name of their product. I, I don't make those names. <laughs> the next one is New Rocket. Oh, New Rocket. I just think about their logo and service portal. Um. But uh, the person, I can't think of the name now. I, I can't think of the guy's name. Nathan. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, Nathan Firth. But it wasn't coming to me. No, he's cognizant. The, he, it might have, I mean, I always think of him as the, the guy who started Service Portal, which is, a, <laughs> same, which is true, same, right? Same. But... Um, but yeah, then he went and started his own company. That's been taking off like a rocket, like a new <laughs> rocket. 
Next one is cognizant. Cognizant. I don't know. I think of like a big company that just eats smaller companies. Okay. Any person? Um, I used to work with a guy named Troy, but I didn't work with him. He took my spot when I left uh, the hospital system I worked for. And I'm not remembering his last name now. I'd have to look it up. But there's a, a guy I used to work with in Minneapolis that took my spot. At the hospital system, but there's there's a man named Troy who is super smart. I don't think he works for them anymore. He jumped around a couple of places, but that's the first person I think of when I think of cognizant. Great. What about service now? Oh, service now would have to be Brad. Oh, what is his last name? He was the implementation individual assigned to the hospital system I worked at. At the at, uh, I'd have to look it up. I don't, I don't know if he even... He, he was doing his own consulting now. And his son was getting into it too. So it was like doing a family business. I can't think of his last name. I, I'm pretty terrible with names. I try to get better with them. But if Brad is listening, he, he may know who I'm talking about. He showed me how to import and export stuff on the tables. And I was just blown away at all sorts of different things because it was so cool. The service now was my first dabbling into programming beyond PHP. Nice. Nice. Next one is Fico. Fico, Fico. I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh, uh, Fico. Uh, probably just my, my boss, uh, John Warren, is who I first think of, and then credit scores because that's like their bread and butter and the, what they make their money on. Like they have other products that they sell that's software-based stuff, but it's less known. Nice. Vivid charts. Oh, vivid charts. So that's you know I'm always I'm thinking about showing a story is the first thing I think about the first person be Robert Fedorik, but also then like it continues on because the founder is a former fruition alumni. Um, I don't remember his name, but. So I think of Fruition. Fruition got bought and sold by a bunch of different companies, and everybody left to go different places, it seems. Mm -hmm. Next one is Unable. Unable Professional Services. I guess that's the correct name. I don't... I don't think anything about them. I don't know. Are they are they big in the space? I'm not familiar. Oh. They're in... Uh... Australia-based firm. So... Yeah. They have presence over, majorly over Southeast Asia. But they're pretty good. And one of our MVPs is from Enable. His name is Ali Kuti. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not familiar. That's. No, no worries. I don't. I don't keep track on all the different consulting companies like I did when I was a consultant. They used to have leaderboards. Like if you answered so many questions before the now community existed they had their um <laughs> before the now community and before the jive community they had it on drupal or something and when somebody would answer questions they would have like a weekly review of who answered the most questions and they would attribute it to their company after their name and so i was the one there doing the fruition stuff and i would see other companies doing it and so I got familiar with some of the companies from answering those questions on the community. 
Nice. The next one is Cloud Go. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even know where this one's out of. Cloud Go. I'm gonna guess. Let me think. Uh, first place. First thing I think of is the cloud. First person I think of is. I don't know. Nobody. Give it a pass. I don't know anybody. Give it, there. Give it a pass. Give it a person. Give it a. Okay. Next. Uh, uh, next one. <laughs> Let it be. Next one. Yeah. Deloitte. Uh, Deloitte. I put that right there with Cognizant, another company that just buys up other companies. Um, I I could guess people that work there, but I don't know for sure off the top of my head who who works there. They're they're big. Deloitte is a big company, and they have a big developer footprint, if I remember right. Yeah. So. And I think. You should remember this guy. I mean, he's the one who has dethroned Chuck Tomasi. He works for Deloitte. Oh, I mean, yeah, I should know, um, but I don't. <laughs> I only have so much room in my head for so many facts. Um, I, I try to fill them with things that I'm going to find helpful. Knowing who works where isn't always super helpful. It can be, like, if you need to network with folks, but yeah, if it's community leaderboard stuff, I can look that up. Everybody is switching a lot. I mean, these days, everybody is switching jobs. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening in the service? It's unfortunate that that, that that happens, because, like, people, they switch jobs for reasons like pay, right? You shouldn't have to switch a job to, like, get that raise you think you deserve, but... That seems to be the only way that some folks get those raises. Uh, I tend to disagree because this percentage hike that you are getting is pretty huge. So it's good to switch if you can. Yeah. I mean, but if you can get that same raise at your current work without looking for other jobs, like if they just gave you that raise before you look for that job, you might be less apt to look for that job, right? Yeah, and and, and also the role matters, right? What role you are in. So if you're enjoying, yep. then... Yeah, it could be that you want to get out of the current role to get to a new role. Maybe you're a developer and you want to become an architect. Or maybe you're an admin and you want to become a developer. And if there's no spots in your current work, then yeah, you know, you got to go. Okay, so uh, one thing you want to bring back from previous versions, like from anything that might have been removed or been improved, whatever, but you want that to be back. Oh, some feature that was there in service now that isn't there now, but I would like back. Well, this feature still kind of exists, but it keeps losing, well, I shouldn't say it loses stuff, but so in ServiceNow, in UI 11, there was this thing called uh, labels, which mm -hmm. they've now used as tags in ServiceNow. 
And one of the cool things you could do with labels is you could make a module on the left show mm -hmm. the header of the, the label, and then it would automatically list all records that match the query for that thing. Or not all records, like up to 10 records. So on the left hand nav, you'd have like, I don't know, say your query was like, incidents I have to work on, and you made the query like, P1 incidents assigned to my group, mm -hmm. you know, relative last seven days. It would make a, a title bar as a module called P1 incidents, or whatever you gave it, whatever label that is. And then below it, you'd have X's next to each incident number that match that query, and you could remove them. It was a personal thing. You can probably still see it. That, that's something that I really found super helpful. At the time, I worked on the help desk um, when I found that feature, and I was so glad for it because it meant it didn't matter where I was in the system. I could see the stuff I had to work on all the time. And on every page load, it would refresh, right? Why did they remove that? <laughs> they, it's, it's this, the stuff still exists, but they don't have that left-hand module creation thing for users. <laughs> can't we add but it that in is, that favorites is as well? What's that? Uh, can't we add, can, can't we do that in favorites as well? Like users have the privilege of adding their favorites. Yeah, you can add favorites manually one at a time. Or you can drag a list over there and make that a favorite, right? But if you want those individual items to be the specific things you have to work on, hmm. like that's not a possibility. Like you can add them manually, but this would add them automatically for you. Okay. Time to nice. post that so, on the idea portal. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna post it on the idea portal. There is a lot of problems with that. Like. I mean, I don't know how that works, but now thinking about it with a more level-headed mindset, like you would have to have either something query in that table every so often to get those things. Say you have a thousand users and they all have a custom thing. <laughs> like you can still see remnants of it. If you look at the labels, there's a label called most recent and another one called like recently <laughs> updated. And those were what that was. If you go to your instance, you may still be able to enable UI 11 to see it. I'll, uh, after this, I'll, I'll take a minute and see if I can't recreate it and send you guys a screenshot. Maybe you can put it in the show notes. Show my show. Oh, great. So, Jace, uh, um, tell us future about UI Builder. Give us some uh, sneak peek uh, because Rome is around. San Diego will come. So what do you think about UI Builder? I mean, I haven't done a lot of work in UI Builder, so I'm probably not the right person to ask, but I will tell you what I think UI Builder will become. And that is, it will become what ServiceNow uses for any UI changes. If you look at the idea portal and you look at all the ideas that get rejected, something you'll find in common is a lot of, well, not a lot of them, if you look for things where the people are asking for things to be changed in Service Portal, in Classic UI, in other UIs in the tool, a lot of that stuff is just being rejected. Like, it's just not going to happen. And in my opinion, that's an indicator that they're investing their resources in something else. And UI Builder is that something else. 
I think everything they're going to build is going to be on UI Builder. They're investing very heavily in it. Um, but I have yet to use it in a way that I find meaningful in my work because I just we're still using Service Portal. We're still using UI 16. Yeah, it's a lot no. of investment and for any client to move from portal to UI Builder. But I trust ServiceNow salespeople that they will convince them. But yep. I mean, eventually, folks will move. Yeah, we need to learn those things because projects are gonna be for UI Builder for sure. Some projects, at least. Yep. Yep. I mean, going forward, if you're a new customer and you're trying to figure out stuff, I would just skip Service Portal and go straight to UI Builder. But if you're an existing customer and you already have service portals, like you gotta you gotta know what you work with. You gotta know how to fix the things you're on. So it's a uh, you gotta know both, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's a tough decision, right? Just because uh, where I work, we have spent many hours building that portal, and now suddenly to go to UI Builder or now experience it, it, it it's going to be tough. We want to. We will have to take a tough decision and then again invest the same time there. So I, I do know that there are limitations on the UI builder for mobile, right? Um, I, I haven't experienced it myself, but there was a podcast I listened to, I think, with uh, Chuck Tomasi and this, uh, Mrs. Toulson, um, where I think Chuck had asked her, what's one thing you would change with the platform? And I think her thing was something about UI builder and like its ability to be mobile friendly you know yeah. because it wasn't mobile friendly they have to use service portal still especially when their customers require mobile to be a, be a thing I don't know if that's still true like I said I haven't done a lot of work in UI Builder yeah mobile is like I mean I don't know what is happening behind the scenes but all the competitors of service now they have very strong mobile uh, options for the clients like whether it's for agents or s company specific branding and all those things but service not do lack at mobile I don't know <laughs> what's the reason when they can come up with some amazing stuff so I can't they bring up this uh, Android iOS kind of stuff that people can build people can configure the apps for their organizations I mean, I know that to get the stuff on those stores, you have to go through an approval process. If you need like a separate app for those individuals, and that's a whole, that's a whole deal. New Rocket has a service that'll let you, they'll do that with you for you, for a service portal, which I think is a fantastic offering. But I have, like I said, I haven't used it. Um, I mean, it would be a huge investment for ServiceNow to do it. I mean, imagine all the customers ServiceNow have. And imagine half of them asking for, hey, we want an app on the App Store, on all the App Stores for our portal. Like, how many how many hours do you think that would take ServiceNow to, like, make that a thing? Like, would they have to push it on to the, the companies to do that, right? Uh this thing should be controlled by customers actually I mean yeah. like for BMC like my organization Cognizant still uses BMC they have like seven eight different apps that 
an employee can install obviously based on his or her role so they yeah. have the control of publishing apps and all those things under their branding but in service now you have to take another route things yeah. will improve i mean ServiceNow does let you brand the app once it's running, right? Not like the icon, but once it's on. But they have like four or five apps right now, don't they? Yeah. They have like the onboarding app. They have like the filler app. They have some other app. Then they have the old app. Like there's just too much stuff going on there, in my opinion. Like... If I talk about uh, my organization, we have app for filling for smaller, smaller use cases like filling timesheets, uh, applying for leave, or managing emails or managing assets. So that functionality, I mean, ServiceNow is controlling the possible ways of apps you can have, like onboarding one for agent and one for other users, but they are not use case specific. Whereas organization would prefer to have use case specific things I yeah I, I I've only tried to make an app on iOS once and I just remember it being a huge hassle I don't know how you'd have a company do that easily um, I don't remember all the steps that took but I do remember having to set up a certificate to do the development on the and like, I, I don't think it's something that can be easily pushed on the, cust- the customer to do. Yeah, that's what that's. I mean, many customers have asked for this thing, so I always say we need to wait. We need to wait for mobile. Let's see what we have in the future. Maybe with the new Apple like mini apps that they came out with recently, um, it's more possible, you know, because now you can build an app for an iPhone on an iPhone. Or on an iPad, you know they have those. Uh, yeah, who knows? The technology is always changing. Maybe iOS and Android will give full access to progressive web apps, and then we won't need to worry about publishing. Somebody can just go to the page and install it from the page. But today, those corps don't allow that stuff, so it's not an option. Okay. So, let's move on to next question. How many ServiceNow swags do you have, and which one is your favorite? Well, I, I feel like I kind of cheated this because I run the Minneapolis, the Minnesota Minneapolis Developer Meetup, and ServiceNow gives me swag to give away. You keep so I have swag to give away. <laughs> I've got boxes over in the corner here that has at least four coffee cups. I mean, you guys have me on video, nobody else can see us, but I've got this, this really awesome double metal insulated ServiceNow um, water bottle. Um, I've only got a, probably four or five shirts I've had over the time. Um, uh, I mean, I have a lot of swag for ServiceNow. Not as much as an employee probably has, but probably more than most people. Nice, nice. Uh, I got yeah. I've only got like two or three backpacks. I do really like the notebooks that they give out. If you can get one of the notebooks that's branded, yeah, those yeah. are always good. 
And I wonder what happens to all of their past logo branded stuff. Yeah, that the quality was good. But last night I saw someone, a uh, Michael posting about the towels. Service now towels and Chuck also posted on those towels. So. <laughs> I did not see that. That's that's amazing. I mean, I've I've seen Service now socks and I've given them away. Um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of stuff. Service now likes to put their brand on all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Do you also have the power bank? <laughs> because last night I received it uh, from ServiceNow. A power it's... bank? I, I do not have a service. I had a ServiceNow power bank at one point from a knowledge event, a little white one that came in like a container, like a candy bar. Yeah. I thought that was given at one of the knowledge events. Um, I don't know where that is. I've used that for some Raspberry Pi projects because it's like perfect. For that stuff, because it's like a, it's, it's not much bigger than a Raspberry Pi Zero. But no, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any power banks other than the one I just described, which I don't know where it is now. So listening to you, it seems you have uh, a separate room to keep the swags. <laughs> no, it's just an unorganized part of my bedroom, oh. in the corner. I'm gonna have to organize it because we're starting in-person meetups again. Um, August 6th in Minneapolis here. So I hope to bring that stuff with me so I can give it away because it doesn't do anybody any good if it's sitting in the corner of the room. Nice. Um, so we are approaching the end. At the end, would you like to give any tips to our new ServiceNow stars who are rising? Uh, yeah. Just keep, keep creating content. If you have an idea, write it down. I don't care if you make it public or private, write it down somewhere. Make a private Git repo or take a notebook and write it down on paper and then just keep adding to it. That's how I keep all my stuff. Um, and that's how I keep creating content. I've got like a hundred issues on my, I have my Pro repo public. So if you guys want to see the things that are in the works there, you can just go look at the issues because I don't remember all that stuff. Exactly. But I think that is a good way to keep making content and sharing that stuff. So, any last shameless plugs other than Pro? I mean, I don't have a whole lot of other other places to check out. Pro is like the hub of all those places. You got news.jstatpro. If you're not on there and you want to be, just send me a direct message on Slack or Discord or um, or reach out to me on Git or make a pull request on GitHub and I'll pull that in so that it pulls that stuff down. Um, I don't know who all uses that news.js.pro but I, I use it to try to get an idea of what's happening. I and then also that. I need a switch. I usually yeah, I, I, on that. I have four other versions I've rebuilt it to and I've not published any of them because there's been problems with them, but I just need to pull the trigger and make the conversion over. There's so many links in there now that I think I'm hitting the limit of my Lambda functions. So if the search doesn't work right, you might have to give it a couple tries, but it's in the works. If you're looking for a side project, I'll tell you we'll accept pull requests. 
to make that happen. Or anybody for that matter. I'll try one. No. So. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your time, Jess. And it was really fun interacting with you. And thanks for sharing the useful information and a geeky information, I would say. <laughs> Is yeah. Uh, I'm glad I could have the time with you guys. I hope that I can come out to India sometime, meet you guys in person. And, and I know you offered this to other people, but I will ask for a food tour. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> Soon. Uh, okay, it's uh, maybe off records. We will tell you something, but <laughs> uh, if you come to Europe, yes, I'm there. So you have a or or but, Europe. Sorry, I, I forget. You guys are in two places. I my brain just doesn't compute that always. So I'm in Amsterdam, uh, near Amsterdam. So once you come here, yeah, I will take you to the tour. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. I'm sure my wife would be all on board for some sort of worldwide trip. Yeah.